0: Fusic, not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusic.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to the Fusic podcast. Uh, we are post Thanksgiving now. We took a week off to enjoy time with the family, but very excited about the guests we have today. Um, TJ, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Craig. Uh,
0: happy late Thanksgiving, everybody. Getting ready for. Uh, Last quarter of the uh, last month of the year and and get Christmas behind us. So, uh, how's everything going your way, Craig?
1: What's uh, What's new in the uh, Chicago area? Oh, uh, it's it's outstanding. We've had you know great weather the past week for what Chicago should be. And uh, I was looking at the forecast for next week, and I'm actually going to be in Columbia, and the high here is 30 all week long. So I'm I'm very excited to be getting out for the week nice. um, to go to home office and, and nice and get out of the cold for a minute. So um, getting to do a little hunting for the first time next weekend with the Pops and uh, excited about that. Oh, oh boy. uh, So, you know, looking forward to next weekend to do that and looking forward to seeing everybody at home office and and taking the TSM and our new TEA as well up there to kind of meet the team and and start to figure out how to navigate through. So we know that's important. How about you?
0: Uh, We are rocking and rolling. A lot of moving parts here. And uh, looking forward to this weekend, we have about 20, 25 Colonial folks coming over the house uh, in the North Florida team. Nelson and I are going to be uh, starting cooking out, grilling, and smoking at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Nice. We may have a uh, nice beverage along the way uh, and uh, enjoying ourselves and, and showing some recognition to the teams and, and rock and rolling. So Please I'm tell me you're cheering for I didn't the get to Auburn to,
1: Tigers, baby.
0: We are. We are uh we will be man Uh, i'm rooting for them and i have to tell you uh i wish i would have had the red hot dogs yeah i didn't get that i didn't get to order the red hot dogs from maine you know that would have been special
1: well let's let's forget about
0: us who do we have
1: craig for for our guest today we have my mentor for a long time um, my mentor before I took my first territory manager job And now my boss And uh, whether he likes it or not My mentor as well But now he's getting paid to be my mentor So that's good But uh, Russ Plotler, how you doing bud?
2: Doing great, gentlemen doing great Russ, welcome Thank you TJ I was listening to you talk about the red hot dogs I know that's off subject But I've had those before And they are good They snap a little better than yes. the Oscar Myers <laughs> thank you, thank you. No one believes me, Russ. No one believes hey, me, but
1: they're phenomenal.
2: My kids' great grandmother lives in Maine, so I've been up there and had the red <laughs> hot dogs. I know all about it.
1: I've been listening to you TJ talk the about them for four years and never have never have gotten a chance to eat them. So shows you what kind of friend he is. It, yeah, it was like eighty dollars to ship them down. Fifty of them. Are you serious? It's kind of, a, but I got. I just got. I just got to do it. That's not bad though. 50 hot dogs it. for 80 bucks. Is that a good price? Yeah, That's not a good I price guess. at all, is it? I don't think so. No, no, but it's okay. That's all right. That's all right. Well, Russ, thank you for getting on the call today, man. Obviously, you have been with Colonial for a long time, and I'm not going to get into your story, but um, I know I know the amount of lives that I've seen you impact directly, and it's probably nowhere close to the amount of lives that you've actually impacted. So, great story uh you've got an unbelievable reputation throughout the company and throughout the industry and today we want to just get you on and let you talk a little bit about your story and and how you got to the position of vp with Colonial as you are now and and kind of some tribulations that you've you've overcome and and just tell us some stories about how you you've had the fusic mindset before or, or proven some people wrong or even proven yourself wrong about what you could accomplish
2: yeah, no, Craig. I uh my story is probably the least compelling of all the ones you've had thus far, but I I'll tell you mine and then maybe I'll take a different spin and and tell you what I learned from all the leaders I had that I try to incorporate in what I do every day and and how I think that's helped me. Uh, But I started with Colonial Life as actually a temporary employee in 1993 in the contact center. I got out of college. That's what you did when you wanted to start with Colonial Life. You had to learn every aspect of the business doing that, and then that was going to be your pathway to what other uh, other opportunities uh, that would come. Uh, So we had a large group of people who came into training, and I worked in the contact center, and I did that for about a year and a half, and then I had a friend who i had known since middle school and in college invited me to open a restaurant with him on the coast of South Carolina. His father-in-law was actually in the business. Uh, He wanted to open a new restaurant for his daughter. I had done the restaurant business all through college. And uh, actually, if I'm being honest, I'm not sure my friend's father-in-law trusted him to do it on his own. So at 25 (laughs) years old, I got into the restaurant business and uh, did that for two years. And uh, at, one point we decided we were going to have children uh in the restaurant business especially the one i was in where you worked 100 hours a week in the same building yeah was not what we wanted to try to do uh while also raising children if you live on the coast of south carolina your three busiest days in the restaurant business are thanksgiving easter and uh and, and Christmas, so it wasn't just not raising the children. My parents were sick and tired of coming to the coast to see us on the holidays. So about that time, I was discussing a move and trying to figure out what I might do next and if I could get out of this and would get out of that uh, business. And I got a, a letter actually in the mail. So first things I'll tell you to both of you, I am old, and this was before email was prevalent. This was, I guess, <laughs> 1997. Uh we didn't even know how to do dial up back then and Mary Ann Adams, who still works at Colonial Life, actually sent me a okay. note. Yeah, she wow. had run into one of my cousins at a family reunion and asked me if I wanted to come back to Colonial Life. So I guess the story there is always stay in touch with people you never know cause she caught me at the right time. So I um jumped at the chance to come back to Colonial. Uh I got out of the restaurant business and I essentially took a fifty percent uh pay cut to come back. Um and there's a couple kind of things I always reflect on. That is, two things: always stay in touch with people that you've worked with in the past. You never know what new opportunities might happen. And then I learned very quickly that uh, the culture of an organization is a lot more important than the money you make. And Colonial Life certainly Boom. had a culture back then. So you dang right. I jumped. Yeah, I jumped at that opportunity, and then. I've probably had five, I think it's five roles since then. I actually came back to the contact center as a trainer in that area. Uh, I was a claims manager, then regional development manager in the southeast specifically. Uh, uh, Oversaw our enrollment services, which uh, this is a decade ago, but today it's called Premier Client Services. Uh, Oversaw our field development organization, and then over the last two and a half months, been doing the uh, the vice president of sales for the Northwest region. So that's kind of my story in terms of the facts of it. I'd tell you, my FUSIC might be a little bit different, uh, than some of the other folks you had, uh, when you kind of think about that acronym, that everyone in that acronym was always me. So, uh, I never thought once about what I would do next, never really saw myself taking the positions that I've had, uh, other than that claims manager job I had 18 years ago, I've never had an interview, um, for a job since then. Someone's always asked me to take the next role. And so I, when I say for everyone that said I couldn't, probably for, for me, I never envisioned where I would be. Uh, and part of that's probably the mindset. Craig, I know you and I've talked about this before. Uh, you actually asked this question in interviews, but which do you, which gets your blood going more, losing or winning? And I'm one of those that hate to lose more than I Love to win. I don't know that that's necessarily healthy, but that's where I am. No, you, and we, so, all know, we all know I'm that way. So yeah, and, yeah. That, and that mindset never let me really worry about what my next role would be. I was always too busy not trying not to screw up the role I was in currently before I was worried about what the next role would be. So, um, you, you know that that's kind of my story. I'd tell you the first time I was in the restaurant business was the first time I was in leadership and. I'm just going to be candid with you. I was terrible at it. I didn't understand why everyone didn't think like I thought. I didn't understand that people had different perspectives, that what was important to others um, was different than what was important to me. And so I, I made a lot of mistakes during those two years and continue to make them to this day. But I have tried to watch people that are really good at leading that, that I've seen um, from afar, uh, that I've worked with closely that have been my leaders, and I've always tried to really say, you know, what are the traits that they did, uh, that they have, that they possess, that make them good leaders? And then at the same time, what are the things that I see them do that, that probably don't have the most effect? And I've tried to incorporate the, the things that I thought made them great leaders into how I operate, and then I try to avoid the things that I haven't seen them do. So uh, that's yeah. kind of my thought uh, on that. And uh, my career has had the opportunity, especially the last you know 13, 14 years, I've worked with the sales organization. So when you kind of do that, and, and from my vantage point, I've got, I got the benefit of seeing the folks in here and seeing the folks in the sales organization and kind of observe, watch, uh, see how they operate, see what they do. And uh, I've learned more from that, and more from working with my kids, than I than I have, would have ever figured out on my own. So, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I tell you about working with kids when they're when they're young, they're largely unjaded. They haven't figured <laughs> out that there's a way that they're supposed to respond, what's right or wrong. It's more of, you get more of a pure reaction from them. They're not conditioned right. to act a certain way, so. Uh, I've always as, I, as I've watched them grow up uh they're starting to get to that jaded point where the, they see the world now I got a daughter in college and a son in high school and uh it's not as pure as it once was but when they were younger I could figure <laughs> out quickly what worked and what didn't and I tried to take those life Ross. lessons and apply them to how I uh worked with others too but um hey
0: Russ yeah you you were you you mentioned um when you be first became into leadership, because we have a lot of people that, that listen that are you know jumping into leadership roles. You said in the beginning you you felt like you 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 really weren't the best leader, uh, and that other you didn't understand why other people didn't think the way or speak the way that you were thinking or feeling or, or what have you. Yep. Was there a time? Can you uh, is there a time, a place that you or where you realized you know what I need to change my ways? Oh, yeah. or is there an event that happened or
2: anything you can pinpoint? No, it's a great question. Uh, there's probably multiple events, and I'm still going to probably have them going forward, uh, no doubt. But uh, there's two specifically that have always stuck out to me. Uh, we, we, in our restaurant, we, uh, we, we were open 6 a.m. to 11 at, ni- 11 at night during the summers. So you were, you were there most of the day. Uh, we had a cook that uh, when you open at 6 a.m., that means the restaurant has to be up and running at 4:30 to be ready, right? So, what you better do in that world is make sure you have someone that you can count on—a business partner. Uh, and for us, it's the person that run that ran the grill. Uh, you know, we would have we had a, We would seat 150 to 200 people at a time, and we'd better make sure that that grill was running. We could handle the front of the house as long as we had that. My assumption always was if we just paid them more that I could keep them motivated and always depend on them. Um, and and we did that for quite a period of time. And then one day I'm getting ready to go. I live 30 minutes away. I get a call and they said, everybody's here, but Colin, who was our cook. Uh And so I quit getting ready and just took what I had and I said, I'm going to be in the back of the house today. So I went in there and did that. But long story short, um, Well, you know, we were paying Colin more. We were asking him more, uh, asking him to do more. But we thought back then, you know, I'm 25 years old. I thought if I pay people more money, they're going to be happy. And uh, when I finally asked him, you know, hey, what? What happened? You know, he was gone for a week. And uh, he said, look, uh, all this time, y'all have paid me well. You've all done done well for me. uh, But every time I do my job and leave my job, No one's once sat down and talked to me and said, how should we run this kitchen differently? Is there anything that we need to do different? What do we need to do to make your job easier? Never occurred to me. Wow. So Uh what he heard, what I thought was, I'm giving you more money. What he told me is money's fine, but what you didn't do is ever ask for my input. And I've been your partner forever. Empower me. That's right.
0: Yeah, empower me and appreciate me. Yeah. Well, that's a great, there's two things that I saw in that I mean, heard in that question, that answer. Uh, Six a.m. to eleven p.m. Work ethic, long hours. I'm sure that that's carried on throughout your career. And then asking the question of the team, and having a partner, and communicating with them, and have that consensual communication and getting feedback and input and appreciation. That's huge, Craig. Yep.
1: That's huge. There's no doubt. That's, there's no we doubt. We miss that sometimes. Well, when you we always talk about As it leaders, when you, you know, yeah. people when when your team feels value and your team knows the value that they bring to the overall goal, they're going to work. They're going to go above and beyond for you. Yeah. And people will do more for other people than they will do for themselves if they're the right people that are, you know, are on your team. So I think that's absolutely outstanding that you learned it that way. And sometimes we need kind of a punch in the throat a little bit to, to make us realize that, Hey, I'm not seeing clearly what they're seeing, you know? And uh, that's what leadership's about. You know, there's a big difference between managing and leading. And, and Russ, you're without a doubt a leader, not a manager, which is good. So, right. awesome story. Russ, um, if you could think back to your 22-year-old, Russ Plyler, you know, just getting out of cl- college and starting your career, what's the biggest piece of advice that you would give him?
2: Yeah, so I'd I, I, I tell you this, and, and uh, th- there's probably multiple things, uh, but there's one thing that I've noticed, and I, I think specifically when you think about leaders and you think about salespeople, um, the, the biggest thing I'd say is be hungry but not greedy. Um, So particularly in the the world uh, of sales, but in any career, hunger and the desire to achieve is an outstanding trait that you need to have. And it's a necessary trait, actually. You know, in fact, I'd tell you, the hungrier people are in terms of their desire to achieve the better. And whether that's they hate to lose or they love to win, one of those two things will make you hungry if you focus on it. That said... Um, If you sprinkle in just the tiniest amount of greed on top of that hunger, everyone's eventually gonna see that. And so what you start to lose is you start to lose any loyalty, any followership, your relationships get fractured over time, and then your legacy's lost. So I've always had a boss one time, Dan here, used to be a head of sales, always would tell me, uh, you know, at at the end of the day, the, when you're done with your career, it's not going to be about how much money you make. It's going to be about how, how many relationships you have and how many people you've helped. And so I've always thought if you were that greedy person, you might die with a lot of money one day, but you aren't going to have any type of professional legacy of the people that you've helped. And, you know, uh, what a waste of a career that would be. And that's hard to do when you're 22 years old. You're wanting to attack the world you know, you are trying to figure out how to make a living. How do I do those things? But that always stuck with me. And when I watch great leaders, you can see that hunger and desire. Uh, but when it never crosses over into the greed part of it, it, may, it it lets them make better decisions, and then it lets them create more loyalty and followership with folks. And at the end of the day, that's what's gonna carry them, because we're all, no matter what role you're in, there's gonna be a kind of, uh, time in your career where you're gonna need to rely on those relationships, and you're gonna need to leverage those relationships to help you get through a tough time. So I've always, that, that's maybe the one piece of advice that I would give somebody that's that age when you're first starting out.
1: That's outstanding. Uh,
0: that's also, yeah, that's phenomenal, Russ. That's, that's some good advice. And it, it, it's as um, <clears throat> I'm looking back on past leaders when, you know, if I thought they, they could, they're great and they have all these skills, sets, and traits and uh, some things I want to uh, emulate, and then I catch a part of a even, a, like you said, a sprinkle of greed, it really deflates me and it makes me take a step back and evaluate the situation a little bit. Uh, and and I think that's a big part of it, where just even a little bit of that, what that can do for the people that you're, you're surrounded by. It definitely makes me double-check and think uh, and evaluate certain things when I see that type of, even just a
1: little bit of greed out there. TJ, did you just hit the discount double-check? <laughs> did I do that? I think you just said double-check. I love it. <laughs> oh, did I do double check? You did discount, done, double, discount check, double check, baby.
0: Hey, um, Russ, I want to share something. Uh, when Miller said, "Hey, let's let's bring Russ on here," every time you know I haven't spoke to you in a, I would say what, four weeks, well, three weeks since our last call. Yeah. Um, I think of, and I don't know if you you remember this, and probably not. Uh, it was new manager school in July of 2011, and I was with the company for four months. I was really n- still naive. I think we only wrote we wrote $30,000, wrote 28000 of it in the last week of the month in like five cases in our first quarter, and uh, went up to home office, and Heath sent you a message and said, hey, can you sit down with TJ for a few minutes? Uh, and you and I sat and had lunch together, just you and I, uh, there's other people obviously around, but we were just talking, and just talking about life, talking about how how I'm how I'm doing, the emotional roller coaster that we have, and you were telling me how long you've been with the company for, and different things in your role, and 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 what you've seen, and and the traits that you see in successful DGAs, etc. cetera, uh, and that just meant so much to me, uh, to think of to see you and and to have you be able to take the time to meet with me, and then I got a message back. From uh, Heath showed me the email that you sent back to him, or the text message that said TJ's going to make it. He's, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders, or something on those lines. So I want to preach. I want to say thank you to that because that's part of what what Craig was saying. Sometimes Russ, you don't realize all the people that you're impacting, and just that minute, that few minute conversation that you had with me, and then that message back to Heath. It really built, gave me the confidence that I needed to keep me going a little bit more. So uh, I appreciate you for that, and thank you for that. That's a big. That was a huge instrumental pivot for me in my uh, success with
2: Colonial. You oh, nuked no, it. no problem, you nuked that. It, Russ. Yeah, that that that's the culture thing. But I would tell you, even more impressive that is the, the person that was your local leader thought enough uh, thought enough of you and cared enough about you that he asked, he reached out to other people and said, could you spend some time with TJ and talk to him? Yeah, so, and uh, that's a good. Tr- yeah, he didn't have to do that either. He didn't have yep. to do that either. Yep, absolutely, yep. absolutely.
1: And Russ, not to, not to sit here and you know, you know, blow smoke or anything. But I mean, you, took a, a call from a. I think at the time I was 25, 25 year old, you know, guy that was working in. You know, we we knew each other and we had become a little bit close. And you know, I probably thought we were a lot closer than you did. But I said, hey, I want you to be my mentor, <laughs> you know, and uh, and, you know, every month you never missed a call for a year. And we talked for 30 minutes to an hour every month. You gave me an hour of your time to talk about it. And there's still things that I use today. And, and you know, one of the biggest ones was helping my communication skills with, with a broad team. And you talked about how to simplify and, and be consistent, but also at the end of every conversation, I know you've heard me talk about this before, but it's helped me so much with making sure the communication was there, you taught me when you're when you're trying to communicate something and you're talking about next steps, you've gotta ask the question, what are the next steps to the person you're talking to and have them repeat it back to you. And if they do not repeat it back to you where you know that they understand what they're gonna do, you've gotta continue that conversation and, and make sure that they understand because that's your job to communicate them what are the next steps and, and don't assume that they just know it because you said it you said it perfectly and i understood everything that you said because that was definitely something that i assumed yeah. was that if i said it people heard me and listened and, and they they thought so much of me that they would listen everywhere that they that i said and take it all to heart and 100 percent understand it no that's not how it works and now i realize i'm not even close to that smart i'm not even close to that good at communicating so having that just that one thing out of that year of calls that i use every single day now and and people get annoyed by it, but you know it, it works all the time and it works so good. So thank you for taking the time for a whole year. Yeah,
2: Craig, thank you for that. I'd say I remember something about that call too. Uh, I, I used to have a little notepad where I had my page on what did Craig and I talk about last. And we went through, like two calls later, I said uh, we were talking about something and I had the notes about communication, make sure there's clarity. And we were talking and you said, hey, I've got this sticky note on my laptop in front of me that tells me to ask what the next steps are. And so <laughs> great that I gave you that advice. And just, just like everything else I've ever learned, I, I, I stole that from somebody. But what I was impressed was, and what I, when I said, this guy's going to get it, is you had taken that and uh, and used it. And, and I tell you, mm-hmm. uh, it's something I tell you, Craig, all the time. That uh, To me, the, the leaders that I've seen that have had the biggest impact on me they're supremely confident in what they do. So that's number one. They do understand that they know what they're doing. Uh, but at the same time, they've ha- they've found a way to be humble enough to know they don't know everything. And so uh, people will see that humility and they will appreciate that more. And what I found from those folks that have that kind of supreme confidence but they're humble as well is they're willing to learn from others they're willing to take feedback they're willing to look at a situation that happened and say what could we have done differently and they're willing to change the ones that when confident becomes just outright cockiness and i know everything the leadership kind of kind of stops at that point however good you are or bad you are that's what you're going to be moving forward so that was a big deal for you uh and both of you TJ, you know, I know, uh, Bill and others have t- often talked to you about, uh, you get that trait too. And as I kind of sit back and think about all the people that I've watched and believe me, every time I have an interaction with the sales manager or someone where I get to spend some time with them, I think in my head, you know, what are they doing well? And, and, and 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 where might their pitfalls be? And literally, I try to steal something every time. But one of the biggest things is for leaders is you got to stay. You got to be confident in what you do, but you got to be humble enough to know you don't know everything and be willing to let the people that work with you every day, whether it's a peer, whether it's somebody that reports to you, uh, you got to be willing to let them kind of mold you and shape you as well. So both of you have done a great job at that. That's kind of where you are today and why you're in the roles you're in because we knew you were that way.
1: We appreciate it. Thank it's pretty you, easy Ross, for yeah. us to yeah, thank you. It's pretty easy for us to know that we're not very smart. So, we can't really take no. That <laughs> I <purpose>. wouldn't say <laughs> that. I wouldn't say that at all. It, it's it, pretty it's it pretty obvious. The, yeah. It goes
0: to one of my favorite quotes by Cough, uh Tom Coughlin. Uh humble enough to prepare, confident enough to perform. And that's, you know, I, you I, I say that to myself quite a bit and it keeps you kind of keeps you in line and in check with some things, but uh, you you've really Gave us some really good nuggets yep. in these 25, 26 minutes, uh, Russ. Some pretty remarkable.
1: Good. Hey, good. Russ, appreciate it, Thank man. You. And I, I know you're not a, you're much of a social media guy, but um, if someone did have questions about the podcast and wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to, to find Russ Plyler?
2: Yeah, you can tell them just to, uh, they, they can do, if you want to do the social media aspect, I'm on LinkedIn. If they want to just send me an email, they can send me an email at rcplyler at com. Be glad. to. Okay.
1: Awesome, guys. And Russ, thank you, thank you, thank you for your time. We know how busy you are, so thank you for jumping on here early in the morning with us. Um, everybody, my name is Craig Miller. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn or hit up the FUSIC site at fusic.us at uh, website, or you can email us at fusic.us at gmail.com. TJ, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram and also
0: the Fusic podcast uh, the, and the email and also McGinnis at coloniallife.com. But for uh, respects to Russ, I, I want to just take away two, two or three bullets uh, and kind of circle back because it, he really did bring up some big stuff. So the 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., working hard. Uh, if you get out there and you just bust it good things are gonna happen count uh, need in a partner making sure that you have someone who's a partnership uh, asking the question you know what can we do better get empower your folks uh be hungry not greedy that's super important uh, confident but also humble to listen and learn and last asking people what are the next steps when you're at, when you're going through the communication aspect of it Asking them what are the next steps so they understand where they're supposed to be going that will create that won't create bottlenecks in the long run and everybody will have a better understanding of what needs to be. So I want to make sure that we touched on that because this is a great this is a great uh, podcast for advancing your leadership skills. So thank you, Russ. It's been a it's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm excited for you and your your role, your your kicking butt. And uh, same with you, Craig, I'm pumped for you. Uh, and uh, this has been a great, great show today, guys.
1: Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. Love y'all. Thank you both. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
0: Fusic. a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't.